Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. If there was a big surprise in this year's summer movie season, it was that there was a summer season at all. Last year, the big news in the film industry was the closure of cinemas around the world and the brutal constraints on anything to fill them when and if they opened again. But to many people's surprise, there have been plenty of movies filling New Zealand cinemas over the past month or so, including one bona fide, if slightly boneheaded, blockbuster, Wonder Woman 1984. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. The critics have been a little ungrateful at the sequel to the smash hit Wonder Woman, pointing out that it was stupid, confusing and made very little sense. I don't understand. The first one was also stupid and all over the place plot-wise, and they loved that. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. But both films won over audiences with the charm of stars Gal Gadot and Chris Pine and also because it tapped into the whole Time's Up girl power zeitgeist. The way I fly... They will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? Frankly, many of us were just happy to see a big dumb movie again after almost a year of small and worthy, or in many cases, just small. The holidays, as usual, were firmly aimed at kids, which meant plenty of cartoons, often from Europe. The whim of heaven, huh? A paradise for dragons. We could go there and lead everyone to safety. How are you planning to get there? I've got wings, haven't I? The traditional Disney and Pixar blockbusters were conspicuous by their absence. These days, those films end up on the new Disney Plus streaming service. More on that in a minute. Instead, there were wall-to-wall critters, monsters and dragons, from Dragon Rider and Maya the Bee to whatever scientifically dubious creatures, lovable Neanderthal family the Croods unearthed. Now we're searching for a perfect place to call home. What the heck is that? It's the end of the world. There are also quite a few films targeting older audiences, even if they were often hamstrung by inadequate budgets and inexperienced directors. In the past, films like Wild Mountain Times, Summerland and A Call to Spy would find themselves tucked away on a golden oldies pay TV channel. Churchill has asked us to create a secret army of spies. This is a rudimentary operation. Women will be more inconspicuous. Make sure they're pretty. For you or for the Germans? 
But these days, older audiences are often the people going out to the cinemas, hence the parade of films designed for them. However, cinemas condescend to audiences at their peril. It's not enough for a film to look promising. It's got to deliver. And these days, of course, the quality stuff is as likely to be on your computer as it is at the cinema. This is pretty. I think you'd better come and see. Why would anyone want to bury a ship? I would expect this is a grave of a, a warrior or a king. There's more. There's much more. A film like The Dig, starring Kerry Mulligan and Ray Fiennes, benefited immensely from the sort of budget Netflix can provide, as well as a good script from the supremely capable Moira Buffini. The fact is, the ecology of movies has changed. Where in the past, big, important films played at the big cinemas, while unimportant ones went straight to TV and video, now it's often the opposite. Meg? It's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talk. What is it the writer says? Tell the story you know. Looking at the nominees for film awards, which have started appearing in the trade papers, more than half of the front runners are now to be found on Netflix or Neon. Mank leads the charge, along with other mostly non-theatrical titles like Pieces of a Woman, The Five Bloods, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and many others. Levy, the sooner you understand it, and what you say is what Ma said to count. <laughs> we'll be ready to go in 15 minutes. We'll be ready to go when Madam says we're ready to go, and that's the way it go around here. It's hard enough finding the theatrical releases anyway, spread out as they often are around the suburban cinemas. Now you also need to sign up for Netflix, Neon, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus and the rest. This coming-at-you-from-all-sides approach is likely to drive audiences away from films rather than towards them, you'd think. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. But the award season has seen enough edgy and appealing fare at the cinemas to keep the streaming wolves from the door. Nomadland starring Francis McDormand was a sort of update of John Steinbeck's classic Grapes of Wrath as the system drives more and more people to the road. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. A probable Oscar nominee for Best Actress, at least. A more confronting frontrunner in several categories is likely to be Promising Young Woman, written and directed by Emerald Fennell and starring, once again, Kerry Mulligan. Please lay down. What are you doing? It's okay, Kate, you're safe. What are you doing? Hey, I said, what are you doing? Promising Young Woman is essentially a revenge vigilante movie for the Me Too generation. A young woman pretends to be drunk. She's picked up by so-called nice guys who try and take advantage of her. And then, well, look out, so-called nice guys. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard.
It's very well acted, often quite funny, but chilling and disturbing as well, partly because the villains aren't the usual alpha male rapists. They're rather pathetic beta males trying it on and getting punished. My only reservation is I found the ending a little unconvincing, but the audience for Promising Young Woman won't care. Like TV series Killing Eve, this movie isn't interested in taking prisoners. Why do you guys have to ruin everything? We were kids. If I hear that one more time, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was hoping you'd feel differently by now. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Speaking of sticking it to men, Danish film Another Round, starring the omnipresent Scandinavian star Mads Mikkelsen, is more a self-inflicted wound. Four underachieving male teachers decide that their problem is not enough alcohol in their system. If they can get a fraction more into their bloodstreams and keep it there, they'll be better people. Well, if you think New Zealand has a serious drink problem, then hold Denmark's beer, as the rather irritating expression goes. It all goes well to start with, and then, well, you've probably guessed what happens next, though, curiously, the inevitable hangover seems to come as a surprise to writer-director Thomas Vinterberg. It's a Danish thing, clearly. One interesting trend this summer is the high rate of films from New Zealand and Australia. There were four from New Zealand alone, from the independent Samoan comedy drama Mama's Music Box to the latest popular documentary from Matthew Metcalf about the South Auckland hip-hop label Dawn Raid. I got this thing in my head. I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm 21. <laughs> to us, it was a game. We played that game. Our goal was to get our artists to America. Crazy. Showcase this awesome sound we had. I knew next to nothing about Dawn Raid apart from the savage track Swing that featured heavily and lucratively in the movie that launched Seth Rogen's career, Knocked Up. Which is why the documentary was so fascinating. Rags to riches, almost literally. They started out in the t-shirt business. We paid 100% of the bill. That's when we took our eye off the ball. Everything that we'd worked for was slipping through our hands. You spend all your life trying to build something and in a moment's time it's just gone. Well, this week I had to make a choice. A former web series called Rurangi turned into a movie or the long-awaited creature feature from New Zealand art house darling Roseanne Liang, Shadow in the Cloud. Rurangi was clearly a challenging watch. I quote, a queer and transpositive drama made by and for a specific community. That's what I liked about you. But one of the things. You weren't like the other girls. It's because I wasn't one. On the other hand, Shadow in the Cloud seemed to offer everything. A rule-breaking woman pilot during World War II, shepherding a mysterious package and being attacked by Japanese fighters and uh, something else. Well, I think I might have chosen wrong. Gremlins are all in your head. It's not critters who cause accidents. It's careless airmen. 
Shadow in the Sky opens with a 1940s animated film from the War Department about gremlins, a word coined to describe glitches in the machines. But what, asks the film, if gremlins were in fact real, monsters that suddenly attacked when you're in the air? Star Chloe Grace Moretz had an astonishing run of great parts before she hit 16. 500 Days of Summer, Kick-Ass, Hugo, Let Me In and more before her luck ran out a couple of years ago. A string of rather ordinary films culminated in Shadow in the Cloud, which was hit by a scandal when the original writer was Me Too'd off the project. Oh, hey there, baby. What the hell are you doing here? I'm commissioned to this flight. Captain! We haven't got time for this right now. Put her in the sperry until we get up in the air. I'm supposed to guard this. I'll guard it for you. Contents are confidential. Well, the script for this film, we're told, has been completely rewritten by Roseanne Liang, so we can only guess who's to blame for the final version. Infuriatingly, Shadow in the Cloud ends with contemporary footage of the women who flew Spitfires and other planes during the war. They look amazing and intriguing. Why didn't the producers tell their story instead of this one? Who the hell are you, Miss Garrett? What is she here for? Did you hear that? What the hell is that racket? There's something on top of the plane. Something on the goddamn charge! The fatal flaw in any genre picture is too much stuff. OK, I'll wear a woman pilot hitching a lift on a plane called Fool's Errand. I'll wear the secret mission and the mysterious package. I'll even wear the arm in a sling, which is never explained. And at a pinch, I'll wear the sexist banter from the idiot guys in the crew, even if I can't tell most of them apart. How many are there, anyway? Three? Four? Seven? All the more telling when they have their noses rubbed in how awesome Chloe Grace is when she gets going, of course. Sir, requesting permission to fire on an enemy attacker. You wouldn't even know how to fire a gun. I was being polite. She hit it! She was right! But then, monsters in space and falling out of the plane only to bounce safely off a passing Japanese fighter, not to mention clambering about on the wing while a light zephyr blows your curls around. These irregularities started with that package. (laughs) You have no idea how far I'll go! How did you get up here? When I came out of the cinema, I ran into an audience member, a nice woman who was also a former pilot. Well, she fumed, they certainly lost the plot on that one. What plot, I wondered. Welcome back to the party, baby! Strap in. Yes, ma'am. Meanwhile, our Anzac friends and rivals across the ditch are making some pretty good movies at the moment. Like The Dry, a solid thriller set in the outback and starring Eric Banner. You lied back then, Aaron. Luke lied as well. The day that poor girl drowned. Ellie? So you've heard some stories about me. I've heard some. A federal cop returns home to investigate the apparent murder-suicide of an old acquaintance and his entire family. But the more he investigates, the more the case seems to tie in with another death 20 years before, the case that drove him out of town in the first place. 
You can have personal history with the girl who died in a river 20 years ago. There's a connection between the deaths. It's pigs. This has got nothing to do with me. Grant. Don't say my name like your name. You don't know me. Who done it? And who done the other murder? If it was a murder, were they connected? Films like The Dry make it look easy, but there's clearly a lot of strong peddling going on under the surface from star Banner, director Robert Connolly and writer Harry Cripps. Cripps coincidentally also wrote another successful Aussie film this month, Penguin Bloom. The boys and I were struggling. Oh, you're struggling. Yes, it's all of us. But you're still you, Sam. No. You are. You are. Penguin Bloom stars Naomi Watts and Andrew Lincoln, but the secret weapon is, once again, the great New Zealand actor Rachel House, who seems to have cornered the market in scene-stealing small roles. Personally, I'd love to see Rachel in something bigger and more commercial. A hard-bitten cop, say, with Eric Banner as her offsider? Just a thought. And the other Australian film out this week is a down-under western called High Ground. We're going to work together. You should learn to shoot. Just stay calm. Gently squeeze the trigger. When you've got the high ground, you control everything. Starring Simon Baker, Jack Thompson and a group of, to me, unknown but terrific Aboriginal actors, High Ground clearly has two ambitions, to tackle Australia's dismal colonial history and to tell a cracking good story. Well, it certainly achieves the first one. You know how civilization is built up? Bad men doing bad things. Bad men like me and you. High Ground opens on a posse pursuing two runaways. They come upon an Aboriginal family and it all ends very badly. The only ones who survive are a young boy who's taken in by the local mission and his uncle Baywara who escapes and swears vengeance. They're calling him the Wild Mob, brought together by one man, Baywara. Years later, former soldier Travis is sent to bring Baywater in. He takes the boy as his guide. One thing leads to another. Can either side expect justice? And while High Ground looks spectacular, it's slightly hobbled by audience genre expectations. You stand for justice? Absolutely. Then you give us justice for the man who killed my family. There is room for shades of grey in a western, but the story has to be clear. And this one stops and starts too often, with characters often brought in for no reason and then just as easily discarded. So while High Ground poses lots of challenging questions, one of them isn't, wow, what happens next? Pity. You lied. Say it. Whatever made you think you could change who you are, Meanwhile, across the way comes a film mostly produced in Canada, not that you'd know it. It's called The Nest. Despite the Canadian money and expat Canadian writer-director Sean Durkin, The Nest opens in the US, where expat Brit businessman Rory, played by Jude Law, is getting itchy feet again. Things are dried up here for me. Oh! Yeah! 
Rory's wife, Alison, has heard this before. He's constantly dissatisfied, and the next move is always going to be the big one. The nest is set in the early 80s when gambling on the future, risk-taking they called it, was being encouraged by Margaret Thatcher's new right. There's an opportunity. Where? London. This will be our fourth move in ten Turn years. Backwards. But money's fine, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a fresh start. Well, this is that story from the point of view of the people put most at risk by these risk-takers. Rory's family have very little say in the matter. They're whisked over to the UK where they know nobody. Rory rents a run-down stately home, no less, puts the kids into private schools and sets up a stable for his wife. How about this? You shouldn't be working for someone else. Be your own boss. Build your own place. (laughs) Own your own horses. Anyone who lived through the 80s will know the type. The high flyer who keeps moving ahead because to stop is to fail, to fall behind and occasionally to go to prison. The Nest is a film that depends almost entirely on one performance. Carrie Coon does a great job as Alison, so do the two younger actors playing the kids. But they know this is a one-man show, and that man is Jude Law. So are you back here full-time? Oh, yes. We've just bought a beautiful farm in Surrey, and we're thinking of a pied a terre in Mayfair. <laughs> it's just small talk. Playing a man who spends the entire film lying to his clients, to his family, to himself, Jude Law has his work cut out inviting us to go with him. But he's undeniably riveting as much as anything because he reminds us of how many business people think, particularly in the States. I saw some deposits you made. It's nowhere near what you're spending. Don't worry. I have a huge check coming in at the end of the month. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Is it? To them and to the people who admire them, this isn't even lying as such. It's just business, small talk, as Rory calls it. And when those ethics spill out into all the other aspects of life, when the perpetrators can't tell the difference between lies and truth, it's clearly time for an intervention. You're embarrassing. And you're exhausting. The nest isn't exactly a pleasant journey and it doesn't quite reach a satisfying destination. But it's a useful reminder that while most of us won't make billions of dollars through holding our nerve in a crisis, nor will we end up in jail when it all goes Pete Tong. Learnings, as we've been told to call them. And as this show ceases to be going forward, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.